Hello and welcome to the reading of The Courier for Thursday, December 21st. And we have got three more shopping days. So if you haven't done it, boy, you better get, get it done, folks, because it is coming. Let's take a look here at the paper here, the front page of The Courier. This is the reading of the E-Edition. My name is Peter Welch, and you are listening to IRIS, the Iowa Radio Information Services Network for the Blind and the Disabled. Okay, let's take a look at this. Ooh, man, big picture here. Uh, race for the White House. Trump rallies Waterloo crowd. In convention center speech, former president focuses on Iowa issues. In Waterloo, less than an hour before former President Donald Trump took the stage for a rally on Tuesday night, his supporters and the crowd received new or news alerts rather that he was barred from Colorado's presidential primary ballot. But the former president and 2024 Republican frontrunner kept his focus solely on issues important to Iowans. He did not address the breaking news while speaking before hundreds of people at the Waterloo Convention Center. The Colorado Supreme Court cited the 14th Amendment's insurrection, or I should say insurrectionist clause, which bans politicians from taking office if they engaged in insurrection. The state's highest court ruled Trump instigated the January 6, 2021 attack on the U.S. Capitol. The decision is likely to be appealed. Doug Kruger of Waterloo didn't know the details of the court's decision, but was adamant Iowa would not take Trump's name off of the ballot. It's not even close, he said. Iowa is a very red state. Trump leads the Iowa contest by a huge margin in the most recent poll that asked which candidate caucus goers planned to support. In December 3rd, 11th, rather, uh, Des Moines Register, NBC News, Mediacom, Iowa poll, Trump has the majority of support at 51%. Holding second place is Florida Governor Ron DeSantis at 19%. Former United Nations Ambassador Nikki Haley is at 16%. Steve Grimm of Waterloo also plans on caucusing for Trump. He caucused for him in 2016, and he and his wife Margot voted for him in 2016 and 2020. I just want to make America great again, no matter what it takes, Grimm said. It did happen under Trump. It was a great start. And when Biden came into power, he destroyed a lot of that. The event was intended to persuade attendees to commit to caucus for Trump on January 15th. With Iowa's first in the nation status, Trump focused much of his speech on issues specific to the state. His remarks focused on trade, farming, and ethanol. He slammed DeSantis as well as President Joe Biden. Trump said while he was in office, he reworked the North American Free Trade Agreement, which he called the worst trade deal ever made, into the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement, or the best trade deal ever made. He also said he gave billions of dollars to farmers from tariffs from China, although those tariffs were paid by Americans. He called himself Iowa's savior when it comes to ethanol. No one gets abused worse than American agriculture, yet no other president lifted a finger for you, 
Trump said. Under my leadership, we will have a great rebirth of loyalty to the American farmer and loyalty to the American flag. He said that DeSantis, whom he called Ron uh, DeSanctimonious the entire night, wants to bankrupt farmers. He spent his entire political career vindictively trying to kill the ethanol industry, voting again and again to devastate Iowa farmers by eliminating the billions of dollars generated each year from ethanol and wiping out 48,000 Iowa jobs, Trump said. He voted against it. I will be your ethanol champion for four more years. As for the current president, Trump said that the farmers are the last people on Biden's mind after China, Ukraine, undocumented immigrants, and environmental maniacs. Another issue important to Iowans, according to several people at the rally, is immigration and border security. After the event, Nikki Williams of Clarence said that she liked the idea of Trump's border wall. Uh, Doug Kruger did not hesitate to say the most important issue to him is border security. He believes an influx of immigrants will result in chaos. The border is how the physical war to take over this country will happen, he says. We already know they are not refugees. They're military of age men. Trump said if elected, he would reverse open border policies. He said that people crossing the border are ruining the U.S., and responded to growing criticism of his anti-immigrant blood purity rhetoric over the weekend. It's destroying the blood of our country, he said. They don't like it when I say that. And I've never read Mein Kampf. They said, oh, Hitler said that, but in a much different way. Trump reiterated his stance that there's no way to know if undocumented immigrants are healthy and they could drag disease into the country. He said what happens in November will determine whether or not we even have a country left. But Trump has faith in his supporters. With your vote this election together, we're going to save America, he said. We're going to bring our country back from hell. Let's see what else we've got here. Waits can take years for facility inspections. Oversight visits required annually at nursing homes. The state of Iowa isn't meeting the federally mandated standards for nursing home oversight, with some care facilities waiting up to 41 months for an annual inspection. Federal regulations require that no more than 15.9 months elapse between annual inspections at individual Medicaid and certified nursing homes. The regulations also require that collectively the state inspect all nursing homes on an average of 12.9 months, if not sooner. However, state records and published industry reports indicate that between October of last year and September of this year, the state agency tasked with inspecting nursing homes hasn't met either of those standards. For example, the records show that the Northcrest Community Facility in Ames went 41 months between annual inspections before it was visited by state inspectors earlier this year. The Good Samaritan House in Holstein went 34 months between annual inspections, and the nursing home that's part of Mercy One Medical Center in Centerville went almost 28 months without an annual inspection. 
Even the state-run Iowa Veterans Home in Marshalltown went 22 months between annual inspections, as did Genesis Senior Living in Des Moines, Westridge Specialty Care in Knoxville, Garden View Care Center in Shenandoah, and Aspire of Pleasant Valley. In all, more than 150 care facilities waited 16 months or longer for their annual inspection. Between their delayed annual inspections, some of those same homes were the subject of numerous complaints that resulted in fines and citations uh, from the Iowa Department of Inspections, Appeals, and Licensing. For example, 22 months passed between Genesis Senior's living annual uh, inspection in December of 2021, when it was cited for 45 violations. In September of 2023, during that gap, 34 complaints triggered several investigations that led to an an additional 32 violations being cited and $25,250 in fines being proposed. Uh, Oh, by the way, uh, just so you know for the weather, just briefly here, it'll be mostly cloudy today. Uh, high in the mid-40s, and tonight it will be a low of 37. Certainly doesn't feel very Christmassy, does it, folks? Oh, boy. Well, that's that's El Nino. All right. What else do we have here? Let's take a look. One injured in, in chase crash near casino in Waterloo. One person was injured following a brief vehicle pursuit that ended in a crash. Officers were checking on a vehicle in the parking lot of the Isle Casino Hotel around 11.20 p.m. Monday. And when they approached the vehicle, it took off. The fleeing view, or view, excuse me, I should say the fleeing vehicle struck a squad car and continued a short distance before leaving the roadway on East uh, Shawless Road. It collided with a light pole. The driver attempted to run away but was detained a short time later. Paramedics with Waterloo Fire Rescue took him to Mercy One Waterloo Medical Center and he was transferred to the University of Iowa Hospital and clinics for further treatment. Police say that the driver had arrest warrants in other states. Teen charged in store robbery. A teen has been arrested in connection with a a late-night army robbery at a store. Police were called to the neighborhood Mart at 2100 Lafayette Street around 10.30 p.m. on Monday after the suspect entered the store, displayed a gun, and fled with cash. Officers searched a home on Florence Street, found clothing worn during the robbery, and a large amount of cash under the teen's bed. Officer arrested Damaris uh, Grover, age 17, for first-degree robbery and felon in possession of a fire firearm. He's charged as an adult. The neighborhood Mart robbery came just 18 days after Grover was sentenced to probation for a weapons charge in July 13th gunfire incident in the 900 block of Kern Street, where he allegedly tossed a satchel containing a 45 caliber Glock. This is the second store robbery in the city in about a week. The Yesway store on Franklin Street was robbed by a suspect with a gun on December 11th. Team found competent to stand trial on sex abuse. In Waterloo, trial is back on track for a teen accused of sexually abusing a resident at a Waterloo care center where they both lived. 
A Black Hawk County judge temporarily suspended the case against Andrew Tyler Bibler of, uh, of Quinby earlier this year pending a competency exam. During a brief hearing Friday, the court found Bibler competent and placed the case back on the docket after receiving a report from the Cherokee Mental Health Institute. Bibler was 17 at the time of the incident and is charged as an adult with one count of third-degree sexual abuse. He pleaded not guilty on Friday and waived his speedy trial rights. According to court records, Woodbury County Juvenile Court Services placed him at Harmony House on West Sholis Road for reasons that weren't immediately clear. In June of 2022, he was seen leaving the room of a woman with mental disabilities against care center policy that prohibits uh, patients from entering other residents' home or rooms. Waterloo police collected evidence from the woman's room, and Beebler's DNA was found, according to court records. Waterloo man joining Special Olympics Iowa HOF. A Waterloo man was inducted into the 2023 class of the Special Olympics Iowa Hall of Fame. The organization inducted 13 individuals on the 7th of December. Among them was Bruce Barnett. Barnett led the delegation from Waterloo Goodwill Industries for more than 30 years. He has served as a coach, volunteer, starter for the Winter Games, a cross-country skiing, competition, Northeast Area Swimming Event Director, and former sport training cl uh, cl uh, clinician. He also uh, coached Team Iowa at the Special Olympic National Games in soccer and flag football. The mission of Special Olympics is to help people with intellectual disabilities to participate as productive and respected members of the community. Hall of Fame inductees are individuals who have been involved with Special Olympics Iowa for more than 10 years and continually strive to reach this goal for being leaders and innovators in the Special Olympics movement. Other inductees include Joshua Dobbs of Ames, Amy Hickory of Dubuque, Charity Hodson of Des Moines, Rola Lucas of Davenport, Jane Bergendahl of Long Grove, Peg Cole of Hull, Trudy Messerschnitt of, of Midden, Naomi Lawyer of Glenwood, Julia Brumer of Glenwood, Kathy King of Glenwood, Paula Zilmer of Overland Park, Kansas, and Martin Wright of Glenwood. Cedar Falls honors outgoing officials, city losing a total of 35 years of public service among those leaving. Four outgoing elected officials in Cedar Falls will take with them a combined 35 years of service. Ward 2 Council Member Susan DeBure, who served 20 years, noted after a public reception Monday, uh, how you don't realize how many people you've worked with until you see some of them in the same room. One was retired public works director Bruce Sorensen. Keep moving the page here. You see great people who are replaced by other great people, DeBuer said. DeBuer, along with Mayor Rob Green and Council Member Simon Harding, received recognition prior to their last regularly scheduled council meeting. 
35 is coincidentally the number of years that Jacques Danielson, the recently retired clerk, served as a city employee. She represents a fifth person who will be gone in 2024. Ward 2 will see a shift in representation for only the third time in nearly 50 years. Um, late longtime uh, council member Elaine Befalsgrafts, 24 years of service began in 1980. That's now the southwestern portion of the city, west of the Iowa Highway 58 corridor and South Main Street and south of Surly Boulevard. Okay, burn pit homicide brings life sentence plus 10 years. Victim's father, no place in society for an animal like this. And Cresco, Savion Jordan will spend the rest of his life in prison for killing his friend in 2022. And as a symbolic measure, Jordan on Monday was sentenced to an additional 10 years for cutting up the body and burning it in his backyard. Nobody wants to see murder at all, but to see it done in this fashion, where a family can't even have a body to look at, they have pieces, they have shards, they have unrecognizable things with chop marks in them to remember their loved one by. That's heinous and monstrous, said Assistant Attorney General Monty Platts, who prosecuted Jordan and unsecured guilty verdicts for first-degree murder and abuse of a corpse during trial. Authorities allege for, uh, for, jo for Jordan, age 26, formerly of Elma, blamed Jonathan Esperanza for meth that was stolen from his home on October 13th of 2022. Esperanza, 30, of New Hampton, disappeared a short time later being last seen on the night he told friends he was going to Elma. More than a month after that, investigators found charred bone fragments, car keys, and a necklace in a burned barrel behind Jordan's home, fragments that were identified as the late remaining traces of Esparza. During a sentencing hearing in Howard County District Court in Cresco on Monday, Esparza's relatives had a chance to vent their feelings. Esparza's father, Henry Esparza, of San Antonio, Texas, attended by a video link recalling fond memories of his son. This animal took that away from us, Henry Esparza said. This animal who has no respect for life. He called Jordan a coward, a bully, and a punk, and described him as psychotic and evil. No place in society should we have an animal like this, the father said. Henry Esparza said he will remember his son forever. Turning to Jordan, he continued, You have already been forgotten. When I throw away garbage, I forget about it. I can never forgive you for the horrible acts you did to our Jonathan, said Courtney Chandler, one of his sisters. Another sister, Aaron Tyler, said that the family knew Jonathan Esparza was wrestling with addiction and had hoped he would turn his life around. We've seen the destruction that drugs cause, and we've also seen the power of God to transform lives. And we had that hope for, for Johnny that was taken from him, said Tyler, who urged Jordan to turn to religion. Tyler also talked about the fear that she experienced when her brother was missing and how after her brother remains were found, she could only sleep by piping music or an audio Bible through her 
uh, headphones rather, to drown out the images in her head. The mental torment of hearing how things went down was more than I could handle, she said. Okay, let's go to the next page here. Now we are in the opinion section of the uh, e-edition or of the Korea. And, um, oh my goodness gracious, we've got all kinds of things here. Um, <laughs> uh, this is called so Songs of Holiday Jeer. Rick Ho-Ho Horowitz leads carolers through the year in politics. Oh my goodness. Um, well, look, folks, I can't read all of these because there are a lot of them. So I'm going to do just a couple here. Here's the first one is Biden is old. Then this is sung to joy of the world. Biden is old. He's 81. The numbers only climb. He shuffles when he walks. He stumbles when he talks. We hold our breath and cringe every time he feels a twinge. And we hunger a younger choice for history hinge. Um, here's another one. Taylor Swift sung to Silent Night. Taylor Swift has a gift, gives the world such a lift. Filling venues, her eras roll by. Filling hearts, bringing tears to the eye. Stardom that's rarely been seen, really through Time Magazine. All right, hold on just a moment. Let me read just one more here. I'm, I'm looking here, folks. Um, oh, let's see. Oh, artificial intelligence, AI, sung to the first Noel. AI, AI, the hottest new thing. We gather together its praises to sing. The boosters reassure we've got nothing to fear, though there's always the chance it, del it deletes us next year. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There are a lot more on the page, but I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Time will not allow me to read them all. Um, Let's move on here. Uh, we're going now to the Northeast Iowa area escapades. And here are a few of the events that are going to be going on through the Christmas holiday. Let's take a look at the first one. December 22nd. Enjoy a little movie magic. Snuggle up with your loved ones and enjoy a showing of Tim Allen's 1994 holiday classic, The Santa Claus, at Merry Move Magic on Friday. Activities start at 5.30 p.m., Movie starts at 6.30 p.m. at the Cedar Valley Sportsplex, 300 Jefferson Street. The movie's about a businessman, Tim Allen, who transforms into Santa Claus after the original Santa dies in an accident. There will be a concession stand for popcorn, hot cocoa, and snacks. Bring a cozy blanket if desired. Santa may make an appearance. There's no cost for the Winter Wonderland event hosted by Main Street, Waterloo. And again, that's on the 22nd of December, which is Friday, tomorrow. Friday and Saturday, December 22nd through the 23rd, last chance for a light show. This weekend is the last chance to drive through the Hickory Hills light show. Drivers can roll through from 6 to 9 p.m. Friday and Saturday at 338 Hickory Hills Road, La Porte City. Cost is $10 per vehicle, cash or check only. No pre-registration is required. The annual Holiday Lights Drives is a, a fundraiser for Black Hawk County Conservation. Displays will include a Mickey Mouse Christmas, a riff on the novelty song, All I Want for Christmas is My Two Front Teeth. 
by a dental office tribute to Jimmy Buffett and National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation and the highlighted nativity scene. Saturday the 23rd, concert series continues. Main Street Waterloo's Winter Concert Series continues Saturday at Jameson's 310 East 4th Street in Waterloo. The Holiday Music Showcase will feature Hart Smith, California, and Sunnyside, and Travis Turpin. Music is from 6 to 8 p.m., and there's no admission cost. And then we've got on Tuesday, the 26th, Bingo. Join Tuesday night, Bingo Club, at Single Speed Brewing Company at 128 North Main Street in Cedar Falls. On Tuesday, from 7 to 9 p.m., the public can play bingo to win prizes like single-speed brewing merch and, gol- and gift cards. I almost said golf. <laughs> uh, single-speed features two brews at Tuesday Night Bingo Club, which takes place every other Tuesday at the Cedar Falls Tap Room. And let's see, what else do we have here? Okay, today, Friday and Saturday, December 21st, 22nd, and 23rd, Explore Vintage toys. Lots of family for the holidays. Oh boy. Need something fun for everyone to do this weekend? Visit the Grout Museum's Toy Box Generation of Play exhibit. It's Christmas Day and Saturday morning cartoons rolled into one nostalgic package. Lift the lid on a toy box and give the grandkids a look at toys that you played with as a child. Vintage toys from post-war 1940 and until the early 2000s. On display are Barbie dolls, a Barbie dream house, and Corvette, various G.I. Joes, Bratz dolls, light, bright, slinky toys, Care Bears, My Little Pony characters, Fisher Price and Play School toys, Hot Wheels, Matchbox cars, Lincoln Logs, Tinker toys, Weebles, Chemistry sets, Toy trucks, He-Man, Transformers, Star Wars, and Masters of the Universe action figures, board games, including Twister and uh, and Mall Madness, and numerous others. The hours are from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. today through Saturday. Viewing the exhibit is included with admission of $12 and half price for veterans and children 4 to 13. Admission is free for museum members and children 3 and under. I got to tell you, I don't know how many of you know what a slinky is, but for those of you who do, when I was a kid, what I like to do is go to the top of the stairs in my home and start the slinky at the top and watch it, you know, come down all the steps all the way to the bottom. Uh, for some of you that don't know what I'm talking about, um, uh, someone might, <laughs> someone older may have to explain that to you, but it was a lot of fun. Okay, one last one here. Uh, Thursday, December 28th, Community Blood Drive is planned. Give a gift with meeting this holiday season, a blood donation. The annual American Red Cross Holiday Cedar Valley Blood Drive is from 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. Thursday, 28th of December. The event will take place at the Gallagher Blue Dorn Performing Arts Center, uh, 8201 Dakota Street, uh, Cedar Falls. Blood, uh, platelet, and plasma donors are urged to give now to help avoid delays in life-saving medical care for patients. 
And here's how you reach them. You can call 1-800-RED-CROSS or you can go to www.redcross.org and use the sponsor code Cedar Valley to set up an appointment. Yes, that is certainly a very worthy thing uh, to do. All right, we are coming up to the uh, first half hour of our broadcast, and I would like to remind you that I am reading the e-edition of The Courier here today for Thursday, the 21st of December, uh, just three more days of uh, shopping for Christmas, and I am part of IRIS, the Iowa Radio Information Services Network for the Blind and the Disabled. Um, about this time, we start to read uh, some of the obituary news. Um, so I am looking here right now, and we have just, just a few. The first one is Thomas Brickman, age 76, who passed at Unity Point uh, Health Allen Memorial Hospital in Waterloo. Now, bear with me. I'm scrolling down here to find... Uh, the fun Here it is, the funeral service. Funeral service will be held on Friday, December 22nd at 11 a.m. at the Janesville Consolidated School with Pastor Lori Riley officiating. Cremation will follow Memorial Gardens in Cedar Falls. Visitation will be held on Wednesday from 3 p.m. until 7 p.m. and Thursday from 4 p.m. until 8 p.m. at the Kaiser Corson Funeral Home in Waverly and also an hour prior to the service uh, on Friday at the school. Um, Kaiser Corson Funeral Home uh, of Waverly is assisting the Brickman family with arrangements. If for any reason you want to call them, you can call them at 319-352-1187. Donna Wetzel. Donna Wetzel, age 94, uh, uh, formerly of Cedar Falls, passed away. Uh, at Old Dorf Hospice House in Hiawatha, Iowa. And let me see. The family would like to thank the caregivers of Old Dorf Hospital House for their care during uh, Donna's last days. And a little flowers. Um, charitable contributions can be made to the Northeast Iowa Food Bank. And that is www.neifb.org. Celebration of Donna's life will be held on what would have been her 95th birthday. Wow, good for her. Uh, on the weekend of May 18th, 2024, from 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. at the Brandon Community Center at 802 Main Street in Brandon, Iowa. All family and friends are absolutely invited. Okay, last one. Linda Williams, age 81, at uh, of Omaha, died... Um, on the 16th of December, and bear with me, I'm looking for the uh, funeral services information here. Visitation with a family present will be from 3 to 7 p.m. on Thursday, December 21st at the Luvitzgen Mortuary Chapel in Fremont. Come dressed in a smile uh, and with a smile as Linda always received joy from others' happiness. The funeral will be from 10.30 a.m. Friday, December 22nd at Rejoice Lutheran Church in Omaha, and that's at 2556 South 138th Street. Interment will be a later date in Memorial Cemetery in Fremont. Okay, it's time now to move on to our news for uh, 
this uh, December. Um, uh, I'm sorry, just <laughs> excuse me, December 21st. We're reading the e-edition of The Courier. And let's see, what do we have here? Man charged with Mason City murder has long criminal record. The man charged in a Monday slang in Mason City has a violent criminal record dating back to the, at least 1996, including previous charges of robbery and attempted murder. Frederick Joseph Olsom, age 51, is accused in the beating death of Leroy White, age 63, of Olson's home at 1916 South Grover Avenue. According to the Mason City Police Department, officers conducted a welfare check around 1.26 p.m. on Monday at the residence and found White's body upon entering the home. The police report alleges that Olson assaulted White, causing White's death. Olson is being held at the Cerro Gordo County Jail without bail on felony first-degree murder charges. The charge carries a mandatory sentence of life in prison in Iowa. Olson was last released from prison in November of 2022 and completed parole in April. In addition to the murder count filed Monday, Olson is awaiting trial for previous charges, the most recent, a November 27th arrest for eluding and operating while intoxicating. Intoxicated, excuse me. According to court documents, troopers attempted to stop Olson for a traffic violation in Cerro Gordo County. The defendant refused to pull over and sped away. Olson traveled several city blocks before drivers over a curb, before driving over a curb and into a yard. He told uh, troopers he just got nervous and didn't want to get into trouble again. Olson said he did not know why he ran. The defendant stated that he had just told himself blank this and I'm going to try and get my truck back to my property so it doesn't get towed. Court documents say that Olson uh, had red bloodshot eye, watery eyes, constricted pupils, and was very hyperactive and restlessness. He consented to field sobriety tests and uh, showed indications of intoxication, but a preliminary breath sample measured 0.000. A drug expert evaluation determined that Olson was impaired by drugs. He refused to provide a urine sample for chemical testing. Here are a few Metro briefs. Uh, see Santa on Woodstock Road. Santa Claus will be handling out candy canes from 6 to 8 p.m. on Friday and Saturday on Woodstock Road in Waterloo. Families driving through the one-block stretch of road to see holiday uh, displays and lighted spiral Christmas trees can wave at Santa or stop and visit with the jolly old elf. Organization seeks volunteers in Waterloo, the Volunteer Center of Cedar Valley has announced the following needs of local organizations. The Waterloo and Cedar Falls schools are looking for people to adopt a family for Christmas. And then the Cedar Valley Preschool and Child Care Center team needs an office assistant to put together care and preschool packets, organize and file data for enrollment, sort paperwork, and assist with general office support for five to ten hours a week. Um, the Waterloo Public uh, Library needs volunteers to sort and shelve book donations. And Friendship Village is looking for volunteers to carol for their residents. 
Finally, those interested can contact the Volunteer Center of Cedar Valley at 319-883-3015. And um, regarding Waterloo Library, uh, it's uh, holiday hours. The Waterloo, excuse me, the Waterloo Public Library will be closed on Sunday through Tuesday for the Christmas holiday. The library will reopen at 9 a.m. Wednesday. The library will be closed January 1st. All right, what else is going on here? New Cedar Falls mayor will fill two PNZ positions. Outgoing Mayor Rob Green has passed on the opportunity to fill two openings on the Planning and Zoning Commission before leaving office at the end of the year. Green has confirmed his preference that Mayor-elect Danny uh, Laudick have his picks for what's argu arguably the most important panel in the city. The commission meets twice a month. The council must approve all appointments. Video allegedly shows Iowa teacher welding a prop gun. A Northwood Kensett teacher was placed on administrative leave Sunday after a public video circulated on Facebook that appeared to show the teacher holding a gun. The alleged weapon in the video was said by the district to be a non-functioning prop. The teacher identified through the school staff directory as K-12 music in instructor William Kochneff is shown in the nine-second clip uh, holding a, uh, well, first of all, it says, which is captioned, help holding the gun by the butt and waving it around while seemingly arguing with students. It was posted late last week. You want to argue with secondary principal Mr. Keith Fritz. Uh, don't argue with me, he said on the video. I follow Mr. Fritz's direction. The district did not confirm why the lookalike weapon was present in the classroom or if anyone was found in violation of the district's weapon policy, which reads in part, School district facilities are not an appropriate place for weapons, dangerous objects, and look-alike weapons, and other dangerous objects and look-alikes uh, will be taken from students and others who bring them into the school district property or onto property within the jurisdiction of the school district or from students who are within the control of the school district. Students found in possession of weapons, dangerous objects, or look-alikes on school property are subject to uh, disciplinary action, including suspension of expulsion. The policy exempts weapons under the control of law enforcement officials uh, or other individuals uh, specifically authorized by the board. Superintendent Michael Crozier referred to a letter that the district sent to Parents Monday about the incident. All right, let's keep moving on here. To our next story. Oh, yes, of course, we've got to read the weather. Sorry, folks, we're not going to have any, any snow. And we're going to get some rain, but no snow. <laughs> well, anyway, it'll be mostly cloudy today. It'll be about a high of 40. Uh, down in uh, the lower Des Moines area, it'll be reaching about 50 degrees. Tonight, mostly cloudy and misty, uh, low 37. And then Friday, mostly cloudy with some mist, uh, and it will be mild, mild, high of 44 degrees, a low of 41. 
Saturday, dull and dreary, high 53, low of 44. And Sunday, breezy with occasional rain, a high of 50, a low of 45. And then on Monday, um, a, just a bit of rain, and, um, and then it'll be a high of 48 and a low of 40. And then in the national outlook, uh, the forecast, it's grain and drizzle will expand in coverage today, stretching from West Texas to Southern Wisconsin. More widely separated showers are expected from Illinois to Eastern Texas. Most outlet, others rather will be dry, but an offshore storm will bring heavy rain and flash flooding to a large part of Southern California. Rain will expand to the deserts later on. And, you know, the, the long-term forecast, at least from what I've seen, has not as of yet talked about what is called the polar vortex that, you know, you probably are familiar with that brings all of that Arctic uh, cold uh, down to the lower 48, um, which we have experienced in the past. But with this El Nino thing, it's just, it's changed so much this year uh, how the weather is uh, performing all, all through our country. Anyway, let's now go to the next section of the paper. This is, uh, you know, the, the U.S. and the world. This is the, three, uh, the 360 degrees national and world report. Okay, let's take a look here and see Russia-Ukraine war. This is in bold headlines, winter of discontent. Ukraine's soldiers glum as conflict grinds on. In Kyiv, Ukraine, a gloomy mood hangs over Ukraine's soldiers nearly two years after Russia invaded their country. Despite a disappointing counteroffensive this summer and signs of wavering financial support from allies, Ukrainian soldiers say that they remain fiercely determined to win. But as winter approaches, they worry that Russia is better equipped for battle and are frustrated about being on the defensive again in a grueling war. Some doubt the judgment of their leaders. Discontent among the Ukrainian soldiers, once extremely rare and expressed only in private, is now more common and out in the open. In the southern city of Kherson, where Ukraine is staging attacks against well-armed Russian troops on the other side of the Dnieper River, soldiers are asking why these difficult amphibious operations were not launched months ago in warmer weather. I don't understand, said commander of the 11th National Guard Brigade uh, Antel Drone Unit, who is known on the battlefield as Boxer. Now it's harder and colder. It's not just my feelings. Many units share it, said Boxer, who spoke on on condition that only his battlefield names would be used. Russia, which illegally annexed the Crimean Peninsula in 2014, controls about one-fifth of Ukraine. After 22 months of war, the two countries are essentially in a stalemate along the 620-mile-long front line. Russian forces aim to push deeper into eastern Ukraine this winter, analysts say, so that the Russian President Volodymyr Putin can cite this momentum as he campaigns for re-election, an outcome that is all but certain. Emboldened by recent gains on the battlefield, 
Putin said last week that he remains fully committed to the war and criticized Ukraine for sacrificing troops to demonstrate success to Western sponsors. The United States, which has already spent some $111 billion defect, uh, defending Ukraine, President Joe Biden is advocating for an additional $50 billion in aid. But Republican lawmakers are, are balking at more support. Let's take a look at the uh, next page as we go on here. Um, there's a big picture here of Ukraine soldiers, servicemen, uh, boarding a boat on the 15th of October on the shore of, of the Dnipro River at the front line near Kherson, uh, Ukraine. Anyway, just as some lawmakers in Europe are on the fence about providing another $50 billion to Ukraine after failing to deliver unpromised ammunition, the reason the Ukrainians are gloomy is that they now sense that not only have they not done well this year, they know that the Russian game is improving said Richardson Behrens, a former British Army general. They see what's happening in Congress, and they see what happened in the EU. Ukraine may be on the defense of this winter, but its military leaders say that they have no intention of letting up on the fight. If we won't have a single bullet, we will kill them with shovels, said Sir, Sir High a commander in the 59th Brigade that is active in the eastern city of, of Avadinka and who spoke on condition that only his first name be used. Surely everyone is tired of war, physically and mentally. But imagine if we stop, what happens next? The fatigue and frustration on the battlefield are mirrored in Ukraine's capital, Kiev where disagreements among leaders have recently spilled out into the open. President Volodymyr Zelensky last month publicly disputed the assessment by Ukraine's military chief, said that the war had reached a stalemate. And the mayor of Kiev has repeatedly lashed out at Zelensky, saying he holds too much power. Disquiet in the halls of power appears to have filtered down to the military's rank and file, who increasingly have misgivings about inefficiency and faculty decision-making uh, within the bureaucracy that they depend on to keep them well-armed for the fight. In the southern, uh, southern of Ukrainian region of Zaporizhzhia, where momentum has slowed since the summertime counter-offensive, drones have become a crucial tool of war. They enable soldiers to keep an eye on and hold back Russian forces while they conduct dangerous and painstaking operations to clear minefields and, consoli and consolidate territorial gains. Uh, but fighters here and there are complaining that the military has been too slow in training drone operators. It took seven months to obtain the paperwork needed from multiple government agencies to train 75 men. Uh, we wasted time for nothing, he says. Um, commanders elsewhere complain of not enough troops or delays in getting drones repaired, disrupting combat missions. Defense Minister Rostium Umarov in, uh, insists that Ukraine has enough soldiers and weaponry to power the next phase of the fight. We are capable and able to protect our people, and we will be doing it, he said. We have a plan, and we are sticking to that 
plan. All right, let's now go back to the previous page. We've got some other things here. We've got, uh, we still have a few minutes of time here to read. Hold on. Religious orders win hearts, income with seasonal food in Mexico City and the nights before Christmas and all through the world's Catholic convents. Nuns and monks are extra busy preparing the uh, traditional uh, delicacies that they sell to a loyal fan base, even in rapidly uh, secularizing countries. For many monastic uh, communities, especially those de uh, devoted to uh, contem a contemplative life with vows of poverty, producing cookies, fruitcakes, even beer for sale is the only way to keep the lights on. But it's also an enticing way to strengthen their ties uh, with lay people who flock to their doors and in some cases their websites in the holiday season. Our kitchen is a witness to God's love to those outside, said Sister Abigail, one of the ten uh, cloistered nuns of the perpetual adorers of the most blessed sacrament in Mexico City. We're in the Lord's presence and we're always thinking that it will make someone happy. The person will eat this or they will gift it and someone will receive it with joy, adding the sister, uh, added the sister, excuse me, whose convent makes sweets, eggnog, and its bestseller, tamales. Most monasteries have to be financially self-sufficient Many in countries like Spain have to maintain not only an aging, shrinking cohort of monks and nuns, but also monumental centuries-old buildings. And, and said Fermin Laborga, a professor of church history in the University of Navarra in uh, Pamplona. All right, let's see. I'm turning the page here. We are staying, of course, on the 360 section of this paper. Um, here's an article about immigration. Immigration boosts U.S. population in Orlando, Florida. Immigration-powered population gains in the United States for a second year in a row, and coupled with a drop in the number of deaths from the depths of the COVID-19 pandemic, caused an uptick in the U.S. growth rate in 2023, according to new estimates released by the U.S. Census Bureau. The United States added 1.6 million people, more than two-thirds of which came from international migration, bringing the nation's population total to 334.9 million people. Population gains or losses come from births, outpacing deaths, or vice versa, along with migration. The last time immigration surpassed 1.1 million people was in 2001, according to the Census Bureau, compiled by William Frey, a demographer at the Brookings Institution. It's a sign of things to come. Without immigration, the U.S. population is projected to decline as deaths are forecast to outpace births by the late 2030s. The immigration piece is going to be the main source of growth in the future, Frey says. Uh, the census uh, determines how many U.S. Con congressional seats each state gets. If trends continue through the 2030 count, California could lose four U.S. House seats and New York three. Texas could gain four seats and Florida could add three, according to an analysis by the Brennan Center for Justice. Wow, how things are changing 
in our country. Trump defends his comments about migrants. Uh, this will be our last story. In Waterloo, former President Donald Trump has defended his comments about migrants crossing the southern border, poisoning the blood of America, and he reinforced the message which, uh, with, while denying any similarities to fascist writings others had noted. I never read Mein Kampf, Trump said in a campaign rally Tuesday in Waterloo, Iowa referencing to Adol Hitler's fascist manifesto. Immigrants in the U.S. illegally, Trump said, are destroying the blood of our country and they're destroying the fabrics of our country. In a speech to more than 1,000 supporters from a podium flanked by Christmas trees in red, Make America Great Again hats, Trump responded to mounting criticism about his anti-immigrant blood purity rhetoric over the weekend. Several politicians and extremism experts have noted his language, excuse me, his language echoed uh, writings from Hitler about the purity of Aryan blood, which underpinned Nazi Germany's systematic murder of millions of Jews and other undesirables before and during World War II. And that undesirables uh, is in quote. Uh, as illegal border crossings surged, topping 10,000 some days in December, Trump continued to blast Biden, Biden for allowing migrants to pour into our country. It's alleged without offering evidence that they bring crime and potentially disease with them. Trump made no mention of the Colorado Supreme Court decision Tuesday to disqualify him from the state's ballot under the U.S. Constitution. U.S. Constitution's Insurrection Clause. Well, that does it here for the reading of the uh, e-edition of The Courier. And uh, I am Peter Welch. I am your narrator for the e-edition of The Courier. And you've been listening to IRIS, the Iowa Radio Information Services Network for the Blind and the Disabled. Thank you so very much for listening. Get out there and finish that shopping, folks. You've only got a few days left. Take care. Bye-bye, everybody.
From the Bureau of Economic Geology, this is Earth Date. Since the dawn of humankind, people have used caves to explore, hold religious ceremonies, create art, or avoid the dangers of weather and predators. Partly because of that, they continue to fascinate scientists today. To create a cave, Mother Nature needs three things. Water, rock that can be dissolved by it, and lots of time. Rainwater, as it falls through the atmosphere, picks up carbon from CO2 to become a weak carbonic acid. By the time it hits Earth, it's about as acidic as coffee. As it percolates through the soil, it picks up more carbon from decaying plants, becoming a slightly stronger acid. If the rock below the soil is limestone, gypsum, or dolomite, the water can dissolve along tiny cracks. Over many thousands of years, the cracks become channels, then tunnels, and could eventually become caverns. Water might also mix with hydrogen sulfide gas seeping up from natural oil and gas deposits to form sulfuric acid, which can also dissolve the rock. Protected from daily and seasonal changes on the surface, caves can maintain a stable temperature and humidity. In these delicate environments, the remains of ancient animals and humans, which could have quickly decayed on the surface, have been preserved for millennia. Deeper, more isolated caves have preserved bacteria and microbes undisturbed for millions of years. These qualities make caves important sites for researchers, natural time capsules. There's probably an amazing cave near you, so take a trip and get to know your Earth. I'm Scott Tinker, dissolving mysteries on Earth Date. Earth Date is produced by the Bureau of Economic Geology at the University of Texas at Austin, with support from Schlumberger, helping oil and gas companies increase production and efficiency while lowering environmental impact. You can hear more EarthDate stories at earthdate.org.